You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. This morning I talked about the courage to be great. And if you were in any of our campuses, you know we had a great time. And I just want to continue with part two of that, talking about the courage to be great. Uh, I've been talking from my latest book called Authentic, The Confidence to Be Yourself, The Courage to Release Your Greatness. This is my first solo book, and I'm talking about the journey that God has taken me through and the revelations that God has given me to be my authentic self, understanding that that is powerful. Let me ask a question. How many people across all of our campuses want to be successful? How many of you all want to be successful? That's great. All of us. If you're not putting your hand up, well, hopefully this will encourage you. But all of us want to be successful, but I want to tell you something. Success is not difficult because success can just start simply with being you, with being you. Success is not complex. It's being committed to who God has created you to be. Have you ever seen a bird trying to be a fish? Nah. Have you ever seen a a, uh, horse trying to be a bird? No, maybe in some animated cartoons somewhere, but not here in real life. Have you ever seen a lion trying to be a tree? No, we haven't seen that happen. All the creatures that God created don't have any problem being exactly what God created them to be. But sometimes when it comes to us as humans, we're the ones that give God some problems. We try to be something else that we weren't created to be. We maybe try to pursue something that God hasn't created us to pursue. And culture has gone as far as now to help you reassign your gender if you don't like what you've been created to be. Now, I'm not here to teach that message, but I am here to tell you this. God created you on purpose for a purpose, and that is the starting point of success. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's start there. Because all the other creatures, they're successful because they obey the laws of God. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Say dominion. Over all the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now notice this. Before God gave man dominion, he gave man his image. Image came before dominion. Because God knew that without the proper image, giving man power and dominion would become a liability. So if you don't have the right inner image, you won't function the right way. And so God says, no, no, I got to give man my image first. Let's call the image God's blueprint. Say blueprint. This is the blueprint. And now what does the blueprint do? It teaches you and shows you where things go, how things should function. It talks about uh, how things go. And so here's the principle that I want to get to you. In order for man to correctly complete the assignment, He must identify with the right blueprint. I want you to write that down if you're writing notes or you're typing notes. In order for man to correctly complete the assignment, he must identify with the right blueprint. If you're writing notes, I want you to write this down. The creator has built in success 
into everything he creates, given they follow the laws God created. The creator has built in success into everything he creates, given they follow the laws God created. So God designed everything to be successful. Let's prove it. A seed produces through a process called photosynthesis. Or we can call it the law of photosynthesis. What is that? When I put a seed into the ground, it gets enough light and water, the oxygen. What does it do? It converts that to energy and helps it grow the plant. So check this out. You don't even need any faith to grow a plant. Right? Heathens can grow plants. Non-churchgoers can grow plants. Don't even take any faith. Let's look at a bird. A bird flies through the air. You see a pigeon flying through the air. Now they obey the laws of flight. And this is how they fly. Now the bird doesn't need to be a church-going bird. Right? Doesn't need to sing on the praise and worship team. Doesn't need to serve at the altar. Doesn't need to be a sanctified bird. It just has to follow the laws of flight. This is how powerful God's laws are. They make successful every creature that would engage them. There's a law of faith for us as believers, and as we engage it, we will see the manifestation of faith. Now, the good thing about laws is they don't change, right? Gravity is the same. You're black, white, from America, South Africa. You can be from Pluto, and you come here as an alien, you will still have to obey the laws of gravity. God's laws don't change. So if I obey God's laws, I will find success and a predictable outcome or consequence of my obedience. Are you following me so far? Psalms chapter 19, verse seven says this, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. What is the soul? The mind, will, and emotions. So the law of the word, or the, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect and it converts my thinking. It talks about in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse seven in the New Living Translation. Jeremiah 17, verse seven. It says this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered. Say, I'm not bothered. Turn your neighbor, say, I'm not bothered. Turn your other neighbor, the good-looking one, say, I'm not bothered. The one that has a nice outfit on. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So every seed can be a tree. And every tree was once a seed. I've never seen a tree that was never a seed before. Never seen it. But every tree was once a seed, so every seed has the capacity or potential to become a tree. All it has to do is be planted. There's a potential there. And if we trust God, the word of God says, we will be like those trees planted by the water and will keep growing. So when it was almost time for Jesus to go to the cross, he exercised a law called the law of seed, time, and harvest. 
As a matter of fact, the Bible says in John chapter 12 and verse 24 in the ESV, it says this, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, or we can call it a seed, falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. See, Jesus wasn't just going to be killed. They thought they were killing Jesus, but really they were planting Jesus. And you are the harvest. Once Jesus was planted, God got the ability back to be able to reap you. So this, this, this law of seed time and harvest, it was demonstrated. So every seed has the potential to be much more than just the seed. I want you to say this out loud. If I'm going to be great, I need to be planted. One more time. If I'm going to be great, I need to be planted. One more time. If I'm going to be great, I need to be planted. There is no greatness without being planted. You must be planted. What are you talking about, Pastor David? I'm talking about where has God assigned you in this season? Where is the enemy trying to tempt you to leave prematurely? I've never seen a tree that can grow without being planted. Because the tree is dependent upon the soil for the nutrients. The tree needs the environment to produce growth. Write this down if you're writing notes. The purpose and potential that God has placed in you needs the right environment to flourish. The purpose and potential that God has placed within you needs the right environment to flourish. What is that environment? Could be a job, could be a church, could be serving, could be even your family, could be something else that God has you do, could be volunteering for something or, or sowing your time here, getting involved in something else. What is the environment that God is calling you to? Because that's part of your process. You say, what process is that? Just hold on. We'll get there in just a second. I like something that my dad writes in one of his books. He says this, some people have all the right ingredients inside of them, but can't flourish because they are not in the proper soil. As with an acorn, everything you will become is already inside of you. God is not adding anything anymore. He's just developing what's already there. God is a God of development. And so let's go to another law, the law of potential energy. And uh, can I get that uh, tennis ball? Oh, thank you. You brought it up here on the sneaky sneak. <laughs> the law of potential energy. So what is potential energy? It is energy that's stored that has the capacity to do work, but has not yet done so. Potential energy. It's energy that is stored that has the capacity to do work, but has not yet done so. There's lots of potential energy in dynamite. If you do archery and you pull uh, the bow back with, with, the, uh, with the arrow, there's potential energy in that. There's potential energy in a battery. There's potential energy in this ball. And if I drop the ball, where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? Yeah, yeah, this isn't a trick question. It's gonna go down. There's another law, the law of gravity, that'll take control over it. So this is potential energy, and this is it actualized. And so potential energy, and now the work is being done. 
And so I explain all this to help you understand that God created you with potential. These laws that I'm talking about, the law of potential energy, God created you with potential. You know, another term for potential is hidden ability. God created you with the hidden ability that you can do more than you think you can do. You're more powerful than you think you are. As a matter of fact, potential is really hidden greatness. That's what your potential is. It says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, I'm going to do a demonstration in just a second. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. It says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the what? Come on, say it loud. According to the what? According to the power that works in us. So whether you're in this auditorium or you're across all the different campuses, there is a power inside of you. Say, I got power. Say it loud, I got power. But there's a power inside of you that's greater than even what you think. Even what you can imagine. So that tells me that man may be tempted to believe that he can do less than he can really do. It's in the scriptures right here. That there's a Holy Spirit power that's at work inside of us. And if we trust God, we'll be like the tree in Jeremiah chapter 17 that keeps on growing, keeps on growing, keeps on growing. So I wanted to do a quick demonstration to help illustrate this point. I'll take a sip of water. Uh, Where's Seth? Come on up here. Give him a hand clap. Let's encourage him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Seth. All right, let's step over here. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give you this plate. Now, I have some Aquafresh toothpaste. How many people brush their teeth today? Take note of the people not raising their hand. Just kidding. Kind of. Okay. And so we have Aquafresh toothpaste. And so this is normal toothpaste. And so I'm going to open it up. And you can confirm that toothpaste is inside of there. Definitely, yeah. Perfect. Okay, this is what I want to do. I want to trade you. I'll take the plate, and I want you to take the toothpaste, and I want you to just hold it upside down. Just hold it there. Now let's wait just a few seconds. Let anticipation build. There's not much happening. It's just locked up in there. Not a whole lot is going on. So just the fact that you're holding the toothpaste upside down doesn't really mean a whole lot. But what would happen if you squeeze it? Just give it a little squeeze. Oh, that's good. Look, a little bit of toothpaste came out. Here, let's step forward just so they can, everybody can see it. Oh, sorry, I got to fry that. No, yeah, yeah, let's try again. Okay, a little bit of toothpaste. So if you push in the tube and put pressure on the tube, the toothpaste comes out. It doesn't just fall out. It has to be pushed out. See, potential is like the toothpaste. It doesn't just fall out. It has to be pushed out. It needs to be pressed out. The force is necessary for the exposure of who you really are. And sometimes we don't like pressure. We try to avoid the pressure situations. We try to avoid those situations that make us a little nervous. We feel like, you know, we're not ready for, right? We're not trained for, we're not equipped for, we're underqualified and ill-equipped. 
But God strategically places you in those situations to expose you to you. To help you see what's inside of you. So Peter, what, 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, he didn't go to school of theology. He didn't go to seminary. He wasn't trained. He was a fisherman. But yet God used him to be the first evangelist after Jesus in the first church. And the first message he preached, 3,000 people were one to Christ. We talked about David and Goliath this morning. I want you to push a little bit more toothpaste. David and Goliath this morning. And David, he wasn't trained in battle, but God used him. Come on, push a little bit more toothpaste out. And we can keep going. I mean, we, we can go to Gideon. Oh, keep, keep a little bit in there. That's good right there. Perfect. And we can go to Gideon. And in Judges chapter 12, we see the angel of the Lord show up. And you can put up that scripture in Judges chapter 12, or excuse me, Judges chapter 6. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared and spoke to Gideon. The Lord is helping you and you are a strong warrior. Gideon answered, check this out. How many of us can identify with this? Please don't take this the wrong way. But if the Lord is helping us, then why have all these awful things happened? We've heard how the Lord performed miracles and rescued our ancestors from Egypt. God has done great things for the generation of past, but those things happened long ago. Now the Lord abandoned us to the Midianites. Now we're enslaved to them. And the Lord himself said, Gideon, you will be strong because I am giving you the power, say power, to rescue Israel from the Midianites. He didn't say, I'm going to put you in school to get a fancy degree. He didn't say, I'm going to put you in the army so you can start and work your way up. He said, I'm giving you the power overnight. I'm going to give you the ability. And Gideon replied, but how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And everyone else in my family is more important than I am. And Gideon, the Lord answered, you can rescue Israel because I am going to help you. Defeating the Midianites will be as easy as beating up one man. And what did God do? He fulfilled his promise. All Gideon had to do was say yes. And he became a general of an army. Push some more toothpaste out there. I mean, you almost got all that toothpaste out. What is God asking you to do that you feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do that? Because the more you shrink back, the more that potential stays locked up. But when you step out, that pressure, it starts to produce things inside of you. It starts to show you hidden ability. It starts to show you hidden greatness. It starts to show you what I also like to call potential unused success. But sometimes we're addicted to comfort, right, Seth? We're addicted to comfortability. That we don't want to be uncomfortable, but yet we want to see success in our lives. 
but we can't see success unless we do it God's way. We follow God's laws. We allow God to put us in spaces, places, and situations that force us to depend on him and the God that is inside of us, the power that's inside of us, the ability, the hidden potential inside of us to do great things. Thank you so much, Seth. I appreciate you. Give him a hand clap. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll take that toothpaste from you. Thank you so much. Oh, man, you did a good job. That's all out. <laughs> I had a great um, dinner meeting yesterday with, uh, with Siba, the, um, the cook, the chef, and, you know, she does a lot of stuff on TV, and we went to her restaurant, and her and her husband, Brian, were able to join us, and it was great hearing her story of the humble beginnings, about where she started off and, and, you know, the times where she was discouraged, the times where maybe she didn't know if she could do it or didn't know if anybody was paying attention. And, and I love the point where she said, I was headhunted by the Food Network. I love that part because I believe that as you exercise your gift, even in obscurity, you think nobody's paying attention, but God will put you on other people's heart and they will hunt you down to say, I want what you got. But if we hide what we got and never expose what we have, they won't know that we have what they're looking for. You have what somebody's looking for. Whether you're in, in, in ministry or whether you're in a secular job, you have what somebody's looking for. Write this down if you're writing notes. Until pressure is applied, your potential remains hidden even from you. Until pressure is applied, your potential remains hidden, even from you. Pressure releases greatness. Now, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about negative pressure. I'm talking about pressure that's adverse conditions that cause us to have to tap into a level of creativity, ingenuity, strength, courage, faith, and genius that wouldn't have been able to be reached without the force of the struggle. The courage to release your greatness, friends, is about the ability to withstand the force of the struggle that forces you to become better, or we can say forces you to become greater. Potential is really hidden greatness waiting to be exposed. And everybody's struggle is different. For some, it could be external forces. It could be work-related. It could be family dynamics. It could be resource limitations or health-related. It could be racial prejudice or marginalization. For some, it could be internal. Maybe you always feel like you're fighting yourself, trying to combat the lie that the enemy might have told you about you. But what I found out is the enemy, all he can do is lie. He won't tell the truth about your ability. He'll convince you that your, li your, that your ability is really a liability. But really, all he does is lie about your ability. And you got to see things God's way. Say this out loud. If I'm going to be great, I need to be squeezed. If I'm going to be great, I need to be squeezed. Now, I'm not just talking about a hug. I'm talking about that pressure. That pressure that gets put on you. That makes us feel uncomfortable sometimes. But it said in John chapter 14 and verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me 
the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and greater works, say greater. greater. Say greater works. greater works. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Notice Jesus calls us to get to work and he calls us to do greater, to be greater, to step out. So as I start to finish up, how do we get what's inside of us to come out? In order for potential to turn into something great, it has to go through a process of W-O-R-K, work. For potential to be turned into greatness, we have to go through the process of work. To get what's inside of us to come out, we have to go through work. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 illustrates this very principle. God created man and woman. He placed them or planted them into the Garden of Eden. And then I talk about in my book that God put them to work. The Bible actually says, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. That word tend is a Hebrew word abad. And in the original language, it actually translates to work or to serve. So notice they weren't just in the garden, like chilling out, eating grapes, hanging back, laying down, working on a suntan. They went to work. God put them to work strategically because that was the only way that he could continue to expose their potential to themselves. Work is the way that God exposes who you are to you. This was absolutely necessary. And as potential is released, check this out, purpose is revealed. As potential is released, purpose is revealed. You're put in that tough situation or you're asked to volunteer for this or lead this project, lead this assignment at work. You say, whoa, 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 I, I can't do this. I'm not trained in this. And they say, well, just give it a shot. What happens if you find out that you're good at it? What happens if you find out that you're not just good, you're gifted at it? You'd never discover the gift without being placed into that situation. God strategically places us into situations of discovery to discover our gifts, discover our talents. And what that does is it starts to lead us back toward purpose. We say, wait a minute, I didn't know I could, could host like this. I didn't know I could do this, this radio thing. And somebody asked for you to fill in on the radio show and, and you fill in and, and you do a pretty good job. And they said, wow, you're really good at this. And, and you said, what? Really? See, I've been in those situations where you could be gifted at something and also be oblivious to your gifting. And everybody else can see how good you are, but you can't see it. And I believe that God places us in these situations to discover ourselves, to see how gifted we are so that we could use that gift for his glory, for his kingdom, to grow his kingdom. Amen. The demand or pressure on your potential, it may come from school. It may come from your job. It may come from an assignment or a leadership position. It may come from a promotion 
or the birth of a new organization or business or ministry. It may come from volunteering, writing a book, creating art or music, getting married and becoming a parent. That's a great place to expose potential. I remember when I got married to my wife and I became a stepfather to two awesome young sons at the time. And I remember I was so nervous because I didn't know how to father. Thank God I had a good father, a natural father, and of course we know the best father, but I didn't know how to do this father thing, and I didn't have time to get it together because, you know, when they're babies, they don't know. So you got a couple years to figure it out, and they won't catch on. You can be bad, and they won't know it. I didn't have that kind of time. I mean, they were, I think they were six and seven when we got married, so they were aware. They were aware enough to know if I was good or if I was not so good at this. And I said, God, help me. And he helped me. Who here is being challenged today and God is asking you to step up? Maybe you're nervous about starting a family and getting married. And I don't know why I'm saying this, because you didn't have a good natural example. And that happens sometimes that we don't have good natural examples or experiences. So we shrink back from the very thing that God is calling us into. That very situation that we're trying to escape and avoid because we had such a bad experience growing up with it, but God is calling us to go back into that kind of situation and says, I'm going to use you to do better, to be greater, to change that kind of situation. Say this out loud. If I'm going to be great, I need to get to work. One more time, if I'm going to be great, I need to get to work. One more time, if I'm going to be great, I need to get to work. The scripture says that he will bless all the works of your hands. But when you don't get to work, you give God nothing to bless. But when, when you get to work, when you put your hands to the plow, you give God something to bless, something to work with. So here's my encouragement to you as I leave you. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Potential is your doorway to greatness. And every time you think or even say, Lord, I can't do this. Know that you're about to discover something. You're about to see something new. Every time that you feel like you're not capable of it, it says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. The potential is coming forth. When you're going through hard stuff and hard situations, potential is coming forth. When you're going through those tough circumstances, the pressure has a purpose. Let the pressure do its work so you can see your greatness released in this earth. And God will get all the glory, honor, and praise because of it. Come on, somebody put your hands together. If you know that God is using you to do something great, I believe that God wants to move you outside of your comfort zone. And as you work with God, as you partner with God, as you allow him to lead you in your process, I believe you're going to see some amazing things. Whatever it is, I encourage you, friend, step out into the things that God has called you to do. You know, I, I look at Jesus 
And, you know, he lived to be our example. And as he went through life, it says that even at the age of 12 years old, he was in the temple studying. He was studying and, and the rabbis, they were fascinated by him. He was working even at a young age to increase in knowledge. He was working his gift. And, and even as he entered into ministry, he was working his gift and he wasn't disturbed. He wasn't intimidated by tough situations. It was the power of God that was flowing through him as a man to be able to do the work of God. But the thing that I'm always encouraged about is before Jesus started any ministry, he went to John the Baptist to be baptized in water. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him. That even Jesus, the Son of God who took on fleshly form, had to be anointed by the Holy Ghost to be able to do what he's been called to do. But I have good news that when Jesus left, he said, I won't leave you alone. I'll also send the Holy Ghost, the comforter, the helper, the go-between, the standby, the advocate. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to remind you of everything I said. And then the disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit power. And because of that power, they could do everything that he did. Well, my friends, that same Holy Spirit power is available for us today. And as it's available for us today, before we can receive of that power, we have to receive Jesus into our hearts.